At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host, Sean Eubanks. Hello, I want to welcome you to Blunt Business Radio. My name is Sean Eubanks. I'm your host. I want to thank you for joining us. And today we have a special guest, AJ Abondo. We're going to be talking about cannabis branding, discover what it takes to stand out in the crowd. So AJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, so we'll get started. We'll kind of go through this and keep it conversational. And we hope this is very, very informative for you. So the first step here is into cannabis branding. Go ahead, AJ. Lead us into the definition of branding and kind of a, a breakdown of that. So if you were to look it up in the dictionary, uh, branding is the promoting of a product or service by identifying it with a particular brand. Um, but to the layperson, most people think it's just a logo. Um, me personally, I believe that it's it goes so much farther beyond just being a simple logo. It can be a whole brand package. Excellent. So we're going to talk a little bit about what makes a brand and we divide it into three main sections here. And the first one is who you are, meaning you have direct control over this part of the branding. This is your logo, your packaging, store design and layout, what the, what products you produce and sell. And then the second part is who you tell people you are kind of elaborate on that AJ. Yeah, absolutely. So who you tell people you are is how you present yourself. Uh, it's your brand voice. It's where you advertise. It's what social media channels you are on. Each one of those has its own very specific audience, and you're talking to those people in a way that they understand. So that is how you are telling them who you are by being on Facebook, by being on Twitter or on Snapchat or any of the other different you know, thousands of social media channels that are available. And so we have who you are, and then we have who you tell people you are, and then finally we have who people think you are. And so this is what are people saying about your brand, what comes to mind when they think of your brand, and what kind of experience they have when they're actually in your store. All right, so del delving in a little bit into who you are. Yeah, absolutely. If you were, if we were to take a look at StrainWise, for example, the StrainWise brand, um, the Strainwise brand itself, it, we, we present ourselves to be a more clean, contemporary brand. Um, we're trying to move away from the stereotypical imagery, uh, being more clean, more contemporary, a, a bit more welcoming, uh, not so much the uh, the previous um, I'm not sure what the word is there, but the, the previous look and model that, you know, the industry used to be known for. We're trying to push away from that whole reefer madness era style. And that's an important point you bring up. And I'd love for you to share more about Strainwise and the development of it. I know we, we only have an hour long show. We want to give as much information as we can. But I think it's worth noting the mature look of Strainwise and how that came about versus your traditional pot leaf and green cross. Yeah, absolutely. When when Strainwise first started, uh, they opened up with one store, and when Aaron, the CEO, 
started started the uh, the gears turning, she realized very quickly she wasn't going to get anywhere with just having a store and no real brand. So what we did was we came together. We wanted to figure out some way of branding the store that would make us distinct. Everybody was using a green cross or a pot leaf or the color green, whether it be the actual color or the the word in the name. Um, so we wanted to go somewhere different. We, di- we definitely wanted it to be um, – higher level so not exactly you know um aj's bud house or you know green cross or anything you know very simple what i would call first level um so we went for something a little bit higher with the name with strain wise so it still has connections to the plant in the sense that there are very many different strains of cannabis um and then it's telling people what you are you are smart you are wise regarding the plant uh, and then we wanted to kind of give it some kind of a familiar logo mark that was appealing uh, and approachable. Uh, so what we opted for was the the molecules. If you've ever seen a molecule diagram, it's always done in a hexagon to show the, the molecule components. Uh, so we took that hexagon shape and then we incorporated a more contemporary stained glass kind of an, of an effect uh, within the molecule uh, hexagon to – kind of give it, allow it to grow and have some some different uh, movement within the within the logo so um, that was kind of the the genesis behind the strainwise uh, brand itself yeah two quick points here I, I the first thing I think is wonderful is the story of Aaron Phillips and 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 uh, as a mother of four and and getting into the business and how she came came into this space and her concerns of wanting a mature looking brand and not wanting it to look like uh, quintessential pot shop. Exactly. Since she, like you said, she is the mother of four. She didn't want to have, you know, shirts that she would be wearing home that had pot leaves and that said, you know, pot and weed and stuff all over the marijuana. She wanted to be, you know, much more approachable and um, something that if somebody saw it, they might not realize exactly what it was. Um, so there's definitely a fine line that we were we were playing with. Um, when it comes to branding in general, you want to look like you belong, but you definitely want to stand out. Um, it was kind of a risky move in the very beginning, going in such uh, a departure from the green crosses and the the plant leaves and so on. Uh, but I think in in the long run, it's paid off. I mean, there are now nine strain-wise branded locations throughout Colorado. Each one's a little bit different. Uh, they've each got their own personality. But if you look at them as a whole, they are definitely part of the same family. Yeah, an imitation is a form of flattery, and we can see that. And, and it's Feedback from clients are that they recognize the strain-wise brand symbol, uh, which is obviously a huge uh, indication of success and recognition there. Absolutely. I mean, you look at any of the other larger brands, they're they're very iconic. I mean, if you look at Apple, their Apple logos on the back of every one of, you know, my phone, your phone, uh, Nike, their swoosh became so dominant that they even dropped the word Nike. All they are now is the swoosh and everybody recognizes it instantly. All right. So moving on, we're going to talk about some pitfalls and things to avoid. The first thing we want to avoid, we touched on a little bit, is avoid the cliché. Absolutely. I mean, a cliche by its very definition is a trite phrase or expression or idea that has been, you know, used so often um, that it has become, uh, you know, hack, uh, hackneyed or something that's just overly familiar and commonplace. Um, the, the three big cliches in our industry have got to be the green cross or the cross in general, the marijuana plant leaf. And the word or color green. Um, if you were to look through any cannabis-friendly publication um, and look at all the ads, I can almost guarantee you that 75% of them are going to include one, if not more than one, of those three cliches. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that we're talking about where we are in the industry right now, what you need to do in 2017 to move forward. We honor the fact that in the very beginning, there was a different need. You needed to identify, hey, this is a cannabis shop. And we recognize that. We just also want to be clear that it's time to upgrade different brands. And and we would invite you to contact Strainwise Consulting for that. Um, Not beating you up if you have an old um, pot leaf or green cross, but it's absolutely time to upgrade. 
Yeah, and I've I've seen that sometimes it can be kind of hard for existing brands to do so, but um, you know it doesn't have to be so drastic. It can definitely be a casual evolution to to something something new. And you know I'm very glad you said that about being in 2017 where we are today. Um, if you were looking at this back when when um, Strainwise was first getting on its feet, you know what uh, seven eight years ago or something like that now, um, there wasn't so many. Um, dispensaries, you know, in Colorado, for example. Um, but because the Aaron was, you know, had the forethought to make these decisions ahead of time, she is able to still stand out um, with the brand being the way it is, as opposed to, you know, a green cross. All right. So we've talked about the cliches in the industry. We've talked about the weed leap as one. And now we're going to talk about a case study in the westward and I know AJ, you've got this stuff down pat, but and and I know that they can't see our screen, but let's let's talk about this case study uh, in the Western, which is which for those of you listening, and you're not you're outside of Colorado. It is a a, a publication that is is cannabis friendly, and that's where a lot of people go to advertise. Yeah, uh, some people you know outside of the Metro Denver and Colorado area have, are probably familiar with something similar. I believe it's called LA Weekly out in California. I know that there's a different one in Florida put out by the Voice Media Group. Uh, they're fantastic. I took a look at a recent uh, February issue, and it had um, 23 pages of, uh, of cannabis advertisements in it. To give you an idea, that was one-third or just under a third of all the pages in the publication were cannabis advertisements. All right. And then in the inside that advertisement, it's amazing. When you open it up, you see the weed leaf. It's, it's definitely the dominant uh, cliche or the dominant um, figure in, in the industry. Uh, there were 25 weed leaves, uh, weed leaves ads in the, in that issue of the Westward. It was amazing. Um, there were several others that kind of strayed away from the cliche a little bit, but they used what I would consider regular leaves. So not necessarily canvas leaves, but just, you know, a plant leaf in general. All right. And as far as cliches on the cross go, we've talked about that kind of at length. We'll, we'll, we'll brush over that. Um, but there is truth in every market that has legalized cannabis in one form or another medical use has always been legalized first so we understand where you might have come up with that cross and why you might be uh for lack of a better expression stuck with it absolutely i mean it is instantly associated with medicine uh and as we know you know cannabis does have some amazing medicinal properties uh, but once a market starts to mature uh, it can become confusing, in an, in especially in an adult use market. Uh, you could be deterring people from visiting your business if you have a, a, a cross on it, just because perhaps they're not medical users, perhaps they're recreational. The the cross at that point begins to send a mixed message that could definitely be a deterrent. All right, and case study number two, also from the Westward, and this is issue on the free publication. Uh, it was put out by Voice Media Group. It's pages basically 49 through 72 have a ton of cross ads on them. Oh, yeah. I counted 15 individual ads containing a cross in the brand. And that doesn't even count, you know, the ones that were, I guess I would call them repeat offenders where it was a cross and the color green or a cross and the cannabis leaf. So 15. All right. And moving on to the color green, cliche number three. Um, the truth is the vast majority of plants that perform photosynthesis are green. We understand where it comes from. Um, talk about the color psychology and associations with green. Green by itself is a, is a great color. It's associated with growth. It's associated with nature uh, and peace and energy. So it's understandable why it would appeal to our industry, not to mention the main product produced by the cannabis plant is also green. So it's, it definitely makes sense. Um, but I think it's it's definitely worth looking beyond that. We've kind of talked about the Westward a little bit. We'll, we'll kind of go on that. And let's just do, do a quick uh, – before we take a, a quick break here, we're going to do a cliche recap. So you have the weed leaf, which is overused, iconic, but everywhere. It's low-hanging fruit, obviously. that's um, Everybody recognizes that. You have the cross that skews highly medical only. Um, it's associated with medicinal 
properties and treatment. It is confusing in the adult use market, which I think is worth saying. And it absolutely could cost you clients in the way that they think it's medicinal only versus a recreational shop. Keep in mind, medicinal only, you still need a, a medical card for that. And there are expenses and, and, and costs associated with that, especially in recreationally mature markets. And finally, the color green, which is uh, difficult to stand out if everything becomes basically an ocean of green. Moving on to the second part is who you tell people you are. Now, like I said, this kind of <clears throat> is brought down by your marketing, your advertising, the brand voice, the tone, um, the message um, that you're use that you're sending out there, the social media channels you use, and uh, absolutely other channels you use. Um, it, this boils down to what does your ad look like? Is it is it full of just pictures of the cannabis uh, product itself, uh, or is it more intellectual? Is, do you you know decide to not use uh, the cannabis plant uh, at all, or if you do use it, you use it very sparingly in a secondary uh, sort of capacity? Um, one of the big things for brand voice would be taking a look at the uh, typefaces that you use. You know, each I like to say that uh, when it comes to branding, uh, the copy, the words that you use is your message, but the fonts you use, the type uh, faces you use, that's your brand voice. You know, you can have uh, really frilly fonts that um, have a lot of swirls in them, and, and they're very—I um, don't want to say feminine, but they're very um, delicate by by use and they can send a completely different message than or it's different different voice than something that is done in a very thick uh sans serif or you know not a very ornate font that just is very matter of fact very clean very right to the point so um brand voice is very important it's not only just the message but how you present it well, and I wish I could share this particular ad with our viewers. If you're if you want to see this ad, I'm happy to send it to you. Send me an email, subanks at strainwise.com. The thing that I think is incredible, AJ, is that when you are flipping through a magazine in a sea of green and and and, and a ton of, of of what seems like one basically long ad, there pops out a strainwise ad. It's gorgeous, it's subtle, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background but just looking at our christmas ad from last year there is no doubt it has all of our, our recognized logo all the way through and with all of our branded dispensaries there but the point being is that the ad you design here aj stops traffic and that's exactly what you want an ad to do absolutely you hit it right on the nail right on the head i mean this same uh ad you know in a similar Westward publication, the, the one we're looking at specifically was for the Westward. Um, nothing but green pot leaves and green crosses. And then all of a sudden you, you open the, you flip the page and there's just a sea of gray. And then there's these bright purple blues and greens of fireworks because this was our 2016 year end sale. Um, our prices that we were touting were very large. I let them speak for themselves. And there were some other uh, secondary specials that we added in there that uh, have their own place. But then, yeah, the entire right side is all about letting people know where we are, what our holiday hours are. Um, because the bottom line is every one of these uh, pieces of marketing is designed to get people into the store. And the first thing they got to know is where it's at. All right. So we are going to take a short break. And, but when we come back, we're going to talk about brand voice and how to expand that. And uh, so don't go away. And we're sitting here with AJ Abondo, brand manager of Strainwise Consulting. So we'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio. 
the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store's sales, trends, and competition, better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends, identify and compare your top products and categories, and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's EQUIO.io to sign up now. The power of real time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. Cannabisradio.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. All right. Welcome back to Blunt Business Radio powered by Strainwise Consulting. We are sitting here with AJ Abondo, brand manager at Strainwise Consulting. And so welcome back, AJ. And thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So we've been talking about the three types of, of how you're looked at and how people see your brand. And so we're going to do a quick brand voice recap. And then we'll go into the next section. So again, with brand voice, it kind of depends on your your advertising and your marketing. Advertising can be looked at as your print ads, your electronic ads, and your in-store flyers. Um, the way each one is produced or uh, made speaks about your your is is part of your, is a reflection of your brand voice. So are your flyers very shiny or are they more flat and and flimsy? That definitely speaks to your your brand voice. Where you advertise? Are you advertising in the westward, which is more of a um, I don't want to call it hip, but it's it's a more um, it's a definitely a younger demographic. It's not certainly something uh, that you know the older generation is is into. So it definitely speaks to different people um, in the same market. Uh, then there's your marketing. You know that is your social media channels. Uh, for example, uh, Strainwise uses Facebook. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, even though we have a corporate account for Facebook and a corporate account for uh, Twitter, we do have each store has its own unique uh, Instagram account. Um, that's just the way we decided to do things because you know a lot of people want to see inside the stores, and what better way of doing that than through the visual social media channel of Instagram? Absolutely, and it's it's wonderful you're giving that information, and I hope people are taking notes and and, and taking t- some things away from this. Uh, this presentation here. One of the things I think is fantastic, AJ, that you've done is is is, and you spoke to it just a second ago, is just honoring the fact that who your audience is. And I know that it seems simple. It seems like marketing one hundred and one. It absolutely is not. Um, I've seen you develop some some campaigns that are specifically targeted um, for uh, different demographics. Uh, on the West Coast, here in Colorado, on the East Coast, and then, like you said, in, in, a, in a more of a cultural-specific or um, lifestyle magazine versus a mature magazine where you're in there with Omega and some of the uh, the, the, the more um, iconic brands that, that are speaking to a, a more affluent market. Absolutely. You definitely have to take into consideration who it is that's going to see the ad. Um, you know, we go through and we've developed um, – customer avatars so that we try and outline who it is that we're talking to. I take into consideration, okay, if somebody's between the ages of 25 and 35, what are some of the brands that they already are already familiar with? Some of the products that they already use, what works with that group versus say a 35 to 45 or, you know, part of our demographic, it does include older people and it, you know, we need to market each one of them differently. All right. So moving on to who people think you are. And this is really important because this is where I think the largest disconnect could possibly exist. So you've got word of mouth sentiment. And obviously we're in an online world now where things are bad news travels fast. It travels. It seems like it travels at light speed these days. Uh, But word of mouth sentiment is going to cover their customer experience, customer service, your product quality problems and sort of bad press. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you take a look at uh, things nowadays, the way things are in 2017, uh, we're right in the middle of one of the biggest, I don't want to call it a PR blunder, but it's definitely a headache with uh, United Airlines. It seems like they can't uh, they can't throw a stone without you know hitting a newspaper that's running a, a new article about what's going on with them. Um, that's just definitely a 
prime example of the customer experience influencing the brand. If you were to ask people, you know, a couple years ago about United Airlines, they might be like, you know, yeah, they're okay. They're fine. You know, they're not, they're just an airline. But if you were to ask people about it nowadays, I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have a very negative association with all the things that, that have been going on in the news with them. Um, and again, these are all things that United um, had control over. Um, and just did not um, implement proper procedure um, or didn't review their procedures, you know, with forethought in mind as to how public perception could be seen. Uh, word of mouth is, is – or social media is the new word of mouth. I mean it used to be said in, in marketing that if you make one person happy, they'll tell three friends. You make one person unhappy, they're going to tell everyone that's going to listen. Well, when you've got social media, you're able to tweet things going, you know, on halfway across the world. They're going to get to someone, you know, on the other side of the world in, almost instantly, uh, assuming that they're on when something happens. I mean, that's it's definitely a double edged sword in, in that sort of sense. Yeah, and it's incredible. You can you can do a great service or disservice to your brand by how you engage people online. It's one thing we're talking about print ads and things like that, and we can control that perception. But the reality of it is it's it's how you interact on social media. And I know, AJ, you wear that hat as well, and you're, you're as a brand manager, you're overseeing everything. And it just seems like to me sometimes that you're uh, – it's amazing that you're able to just keep up with all of it. But um, can you shed a little bit more light or give some advice to our listeners about how to engage on social media and some of the mistakes that you see? I mean United Airlines is, is, is a little bit different in the way that they're getting a lot of um, unwanted publicity, right, regardless of that. But engaging the actual client or customer on Facebook or on social media when, let's be real, it's not always pleasant. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, if somebody's upset, they will be more than happy to let you know. And they use a lot of colorful language when it comes to that. Um, but the important thing is this is somebody who is, you know, nine times out of 10 had a direct uh, experience with you. And it should definitely be be dealt with. I mean, I think of online customer service, Facebook uh, and Twitter, especially as just another avenue of customer service. Uh, I've been working here recently with uh, our director of retail uh, sales um, with getting our managers and our store employees on track with our customer service. And I'm having her help me with uh, situations online. So it's definitely advisable to have somebody with a customer service background, either uh, spearheading that or working in conjunction with uh, online advertising and online um channels to make it as seamless as possible. Now, I mean, with with online um, channels, you're going to get a lot of other stuff, you know, people trying to reach out to Strainwise, for example, to sponsor an event, you know, and that kind of stuff. So in that mm -hmm. sense, for me to be fielding those directly makes a lot of sense. Um, some of the questions with customer service, if you've been uh, with the company long enough, I've been with Strainwise four years off and on. Um, I know some of the answers. Um, some of the you know more frequently asked questions, customer service side, would be, um, "Hey, you guys are famous for your Bruce Banner number three strain. Can I buy some seeds from you guys?" Um, unfortunately, you know we do not sell seeds or, or clones, so I do have to let these people know. Unfortunately, that we don't. Uh, but I do want to make sure that they get they get taken care of. So I tell them, if you're really looking for it, though, you can check a publication like the Westward, um, because in, in a market as um, mature as Colorado, there are several companies out there selling seeds. Now they may or may not have Bruce Banner number three, but at least I'm not just telling someone, "No, you're on your own." I'm letting them know, hey, I understand you're looking for it. Here's some places that may or may not have it. You know, you know, please think of us in the future. And I really do wish them the best of luck. Absolutely. And not to oversimplify this, but just don't ignore people on social media. No, that's absolutely true. And it can be kind of difficult because, as you can imagine, strain-wise, nine locations, been in business for years. We get a lot of uh, – a lot of messages and I, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes you know a, a review will get missed or it'll definitely it might fall between the cracks but once we see it we do reach out and we have a, pol a policy here of not feeding the trolls you're gonna get people who are on the internet just to make their voices heard and we have a policy of responding once trying to uh, calm the situation and if they continue 
uh, will ignore it at, at that point. And if they become belligerent or if they start using excessive amounts of profanity, if the option is available to us, we will block them from that channel. So, you know, and that also, you know, extends to the stores. I've, I've been there in person when people have become aggressive in the stores and have seen people banned from returning. Um, everything that's true in the social world uh, online is also true in person more so. You know, a lot of people, you know, you hear about people who call one another uh, Internet tough guys. You know, they're they're really tough behind the keyboard. But once they get in somebody's face, they're they're, you know, puppies. But um, I've seen that the reverse is also true. You know, people get pretty aggressive in the stores and it's very important to have something in place to deal with that uh, so that we the the customer does have a, a better experience or at least we try and give them as good a quality uh, experience as possible. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, and I think if you're starting a new business and you, you know, you might have an inclination to ignore social media or, and then you might want to fear it. I mean, I think that's rightly so. I, I see great brands all the time on social media just getting butchered and it and it's and it's the person that's commenting has a right to say what they say and their experience is their experience. No one should deny that. Um, however, it is is such a delicate game and it's almost like a full time management position to um to answer those. And it's amazing because it's all out there. It's sort of like airing your dirty laundry out there. You just, you have to do it. And, and then unfortunately you, you, you'll have, um, a couple of people will at some point, um, see the whole story, right? They'll see the comment, they'll see your reaction and the response by the brand and, and whether or not that's being done. But, um, I just feel bad for brands. I know it's, it's a necessary evil and it's a great way to engage uh, customers, uh, but it just seems like a, a ton of work. Um, and so my hat's off to you guys that, that can handle that. And, and, and I think it takes a special personality type and a special type of, um, uh, someone who's comfortable doing that to understand that, you know, the customer's always right. And, and you'll hear a lot of stuff lately that say, well, maybe the customer's not right. And I, I totally disagree with that. The customer is right. The most important thing is to have them come back and, uh, and be a part of it. So we're going to kind of reset here and do a brand perception recap, if you will, AJ, for, for people who are just joining us. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to perception, it's all about the customer experience. You know, this begins at the store level. Is the store clean? Is it uh, is it uh, well staffed? Are they, you know, are they taking people in quickly? Are they helping them out quickly? Um that's the big important part there at the store level. The second part is problem resolution. If somebody, if, if you're open for business at any period of time, at some point or another, you will have an unhappy customer. And it's all a matter of how you resolve the, the issue. Um, there have been times where we've had people complain about um, certain problems either with the product or with the store. And we, we genuinely reach out to them. We address the issue. We find the fault. Uh, whether it be our own or otherwise, we resolve it and they have turned around and have become, um, you know, staunch supporters of us. They, they love us after that because they understand that, yes, we do hear you. Uh, we, we value your opinion absolutely. And we want to make sure that you have a great experience with us. Um, and like I said, that begins at the store and it ends probably at, uh, at the consumer level with the product quality. We, we do try and take it all very seriously. Uh, unfortunately, we're all human and, you know, things do happen. But if you let us know, we will do our best to, to rectify the situation and make you happy. And in regards to creating your own brand, we're going to go to commercial here in just a second. And when we come back, we're actually going to talk about, with AJ about um, just some of the pitfalls that he sees and mistakes that he sees made. And then hopefully you can take away a direction. And we're not going to create a brand for you on the radio here online, but we're going to talk about what key components go into that and use real world cannabis experience that AJ is going to share with us. And so before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Streamwise Consulting and, and reset here and say, why would you engage a company like us or why would you talk to someone like AJ? And I want to just recap in our, in our six years of experience here, we are the most sought after consulting company for applications and management contracts in the cannabis industry. We consulted on the very first recreational license in the world. In fact, we, we consulted on seven of the first 10 here in Colorado. We have nearly 100% success rate on all applications submitted. We've had over 200 applications won, so that's a substantial amount of, 
of experience and around applications submitted. We have nine brand dispensaries throughout Colorado. We've talked about that. We have over 100,000 square feet of cultivation space as well. I love telling the story of Strangwise and how we've evolved over time and how things came about. And one of those things was a cultivation space uh, attached to every uh, retail dispensary. The other thing is, of course, we're among the top five marijuana companies in Colorado. Forbes listed us in the top 50 in uh, publicly traded marijuana companies in the space. And we're also very proud that we are a consultant to the very first vertically integrated Native American tribe selling cannabis. Okay, we're going to take a a short break here. And when we return, we're going to return with A.J. Obando. And we're going to talk to you, A.J., further about building a brand and get into some real pitfalls here. So join us in just a few minutes. We will be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now about a game for your phone. Gonna make you say, wow, the game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. This is Bobby Black, host of Blazin', here to talk to you about 420 Science. I've known Matt and Gary from 420 Science for over a decade. We've spent a lot of time together at the Cannabis Cups in Amsterdam, the Doobie Awards in their hometown of Austin. They were even at my wedding. And I've always admired their integrity and how they've built 420 Science from the ground up to become the most trusted online head shop. Visit 420science.com slash podcast for an exclusive deal on pipes and more from genuine people who put their customers first. That's 420science.com slash podcast. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business Radio powered by Strainwise Consulting. We have been sitting for the better part of 30 minutes now with A.J. Abondo, who has been dropping some gems on us as far as branding consulting and how that works and the, and the story and the emphasis and the success behind the Strainwise brand and how that works. And so we're back again, and, and we're going to talk a, a little bit further about um, the three pillars of who you are, who you tell people you are, and then who, pe- who people think you are. So welcome back, A.J. Thanks, Sean. All right, so let's go. Let's dive into a little bit of a case study, and then we've got time, guys. If you want to continue to submit questions, we'll have those for AJ at the end. Feel free to ask anything you'd like. We want to make sure that this comes away as an educational experience for you. All right, so kind of delving back to you know who you are, uh, I really cannot stress it enough that the development of your brand, the the very first part of it, is very important. Um, this is your logo package. This is your store design and layout. These are the products that you produce or sell. Um, you definitely want to spend a lot of time thinking about all of this. Um, you want to, you want your store to look presentable. You want it to be clean. You know, you you want to think about the kind of people that you're going to have shopping there and where they have gone shopping before, so that it feels comfortable and familiar. The last thing you want to do is you want to alienate somebody with a very poorly designed store. Um, Definitely getting a hold of someone to help you with that, a consultant. Uh, I think, Sean, you might know of somebody who might be able to help with that kind of stuff. Um, it's definitely, you know, worth its weight in gold. Uh, making sure that you're conforming to, you know, retail best practices as well as whatever different uh, requirements the states have uh, or the different municipalities have for you is, is very important. And um, 
definitely have someone, you know, work with you on your logo. Um, there's in, in the world nowadays, 2017, like you mentioned, being such an internet connected world, there are so many places to kind of fast track a logo. You can go to Fiverr dot com and get a logo made is it gonna is it gonna look good yeah it might i'm the firm believer that you're gonna get what you pay for though um and there may not be that a whole lot of forethought put into it uh, for all you know it could be someone just putting together some templated logos and just putting your name into you know into a pre-existing design that someone else may already have and that's you know the last thing you want to do um your packaging, very important, you know, do you want, how do you want to look if you, if you were to go to the grocery store, for example, take a look at uh, something, you know, a lot of people are familiar with say macaroni and cheese. There's all kinds of different packaging that's available for them. There's the, the store brand we don't really see anymore, but you know, it used to be in a white box with just black letters that said mac and cheese or macaroni and cheese. Then you've got, you know, the big wigs, you've got Kraft, you've got Velveeta. They're putting money into the development of the, of the packaging, uh, of the marketing, uh, the design, the layout, you know, they're using color theory. They understand that yellows and reds make people more hungry. Um, you know, somebody who is doing that, you know, for on Fiverr or I'm trying to think of some of the other places, 99designs, um, they may or may not be, you know, having that much forethought put into it. Um, I've seen, you know, several instances where logos look like something very, let's just say, not safe for work that, um, you know, could end up uh, hurting you in the long run. Um, you definitely need to have someone with a keen eye on design and marketing and branding take a, taking a look at that uh, because ultimately while it might be saving you some money to go with these cheaper alternatives, it could end up costing you a lot of money in the future either with rebranding or possibly legal issues and matters that you need to deal with be, you know, that arise from trying to save you know, some money from the very beginning. Um, that's the part, you know, like I said, you have direct control over is who you are, what your company name is, what your logo is, what your store looks like, uh, what your message is. You know, you have to very, very carefully fine tune and hone that. Uh, but that's not to say it can't evolve. Uh, the Strainwise brand has certainly evolved over, over a period of time. You know, it's gone from one store to nine stores and with each one it, it gets a, a new injection of personality uh the images are updated uh the the layout and typography that we use has been updated um we've always used the same uh the typography family the fonts are all the same but the way we lay them out are, has has been updated uh it used to be uh, a strainwise dispensary was our tagline we've updated it to be a strainwise branded location or a strain-wise branded dispensary. Um, while it might not seem like a lot, it's definitely you know something that's noticeable and it does instill some different uh, images in the mind. Um, going back to who you tell people you are, again, this is another part you have direct control over. Um, what kind of what kind of voice are you using? Uh, for example, if I like to think of it this way, if you think of your brand, if it was a real person, how old are they? Did they go to college? How do they speak? Do they use a lot of contractions? Do they use a lot of um, more, uh, I don't want to say younger, but uh, slang maybe. yeah, do they yeah. use a lot of slang? You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of voice and that's the message that you're going to be portraying. And that's very important because that's going to dictate the kind of people that gravitate towards you. Um, and this should be consistent across all channels, whether it's print media, uh, social media, um, TV, uh, audio, you know, for example, this podcast. I love what you're talking about now, the psychology behind it. This is something as an, as an entrepreneur and, and as someone who, who, I mean, I have a marketing degree. I love this stuff. I'm into it, but it, I, I, I'm guilty as charged as someone just would overlook this. And the psychology of why someone notices your brand and the, and the colors that draw them in or more importantly, repel them, you're never going to know. I think branding is the most overlooked because entrepreneurs starting a business, they don't have a lot of capital. They, they're, they're, they're focused on everything else and they should be. 
However, the consequences of overlooking the development of the brand and understanding that there is, if you just skip over this and or you have someone at Fiverr or have someone put this together, understand that the cleanup of a brand, once you actually start generating revenue, might be way more expensive and way more difficult. In fact, it might be impossible to just switch directions and go from from a place where where you you're trying to get people get eyeballs and i think that is a is a key point here aj because once you miss that boat once you go past the point of no return you're kind of stuck with where you are because your your existing clientele is already loyal and they're not going to be receptive to too many changes absolutely you know people resist change it's just a Part of the human condition, once we get comfortable, we want to keep things the way they are, and it's very difficult to, to move on to something new. It can be anything as simple as, you know, your favorite restaurant going under new management, and even though they might still have the same cooks, some people are going to be like, you know, the food just doesn't taste the same. And it's the mm-hmm. same with uh, with virtually every business, not just cannabis. Um, one of my favorites is, you know, not that long ago, Pepsi changed their logo, and there was a huge uproar about that. Um, being, you know, that I am marketing minded, I, I'm always keeping track of those things. And I love, you know, seeing the subtle differences, you know, when Google changed their, their font just a little bit, everybody noticed, um, T and uh, not T and TBS recently went under a new brand, uh, redesign and I like the new design, but a lot of people are, are dis, dis, uh, dissing it because it's so much more contemporary and it's it's got sharper edges it's a bit more in your face and you know personally i kind of like it in the fact that they left it wide open to be more of a of a vessel to contain images and that kind of stuff not just be a simple one color um logo um and this is true you know across the ages, you know, this has been going on for forever. One of my favorite companies, Apple. If you take a look at their their brand history, uh, one of the very their very first logo, if I'm not mistaken, had uh, was very uh, much more intricate than it than it is nowadays. Um, it had, I, I believe, it was a picture of or like an etching of Sir Isaac Newton sitting under the tree holding an apple, and it said Apple Computer on a scroll. It was very intricate. Uh, then you fast forward, and I want to say it was in the 80s, they switched to the iconic uh, Apple silhouette with the multiple colors. Uh, and ever since then, it has been just a gradual progression and what I like to call an evolution of their logo, as it just keeps getting a little bit cleaner. They went from the many colors to a single color. They added the, um, it was kind of called the jelly period, I want to say, back in the was it the 90s when they had the IMAX come out? It was a lot more colorful. Um, and then finally, you know, now they're more of a clean, almost metallic, uh, liquid chrome uh, look that is, is quite pleasant in my personal opinion. You know, it's not for everybody, but for their their target market, which apparently includes me, it uh, it works and it speaks to me. All good points. What would you say, AJ, to an entrepreneur who's getting in this business? Um, I think, number one, you you can gain a lot if you're working with somebody in the space. I think just don't ask someone who is not familiar with cannabis and not familiar, more importantly, with the market to develop your brand for you because they're going to speak in generalities and they only, in fairness to them, they can only pull from what is known out there. But what I want to know is, is, is what's your advice if someone's thinking about skipping this and they're, and they're, they're working on a limited budget and they want some of your services, but they can't, they don't want to take a bite out of all of that. I would absolutely say don't skimp on it. If, if you can't do it right now, Try and figure out how soon you could do it and see if you can move your timetable out. Now, I know there's going to be you know different circumstances that won't let somebody do that. But like you said, by completely ignoring it or bypassing it in the beginning, uh, it will come back and haunt you later on down the road. And there's definitely nothing wrong with looking at someone who has not been in the industry before, but you will be giving up some uh, – a vast array of knowledge from somebody who has been in the industry before, who has seen what things do work in the cannabis industry and what things don't work in the cannabis industry. The great thing about the cannabis industry um, is that it is so new that the people who are in it have come from other walks of life. Um, There is just so many uh, avenues of entry that it is 
that that is part of the reason it is becoming one of the largest growing markets in the in the nation, if not the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, just because somebody is coming from say real estate marketing doesn't mean that they are going to be terrible at cannabis marketing. Um, but I will say, if they have you know, if they're more familiar with other forms of, I guess I I would call it social fringe marketing. Um, in that you know, while What's the latest poll up to? 68% of Americans believe cannabis should be legalized, whether for medical or recreational forms of another. Um, they don't want their mother knowing that they're fans of a dispensary. Right. So that's what I mean by social fringe. If somebody's familiar with some of that kind of idiosyncrasies of marketing, then they would probably do good in this industry. One of the things I love about what you do, AJ, is when you are going to consult someone and help them with a brand, you're starting with the end customer in mind. This isn't theory. You're not saying, well, what what would they like? It's like, look, this is all the data that we have based on how they consume, and these are the ads that work, and these are the logos that work, and here's the color scheme that works, and this is why it works. I think that's obviously invaluable in any industry, but specifically, there's a lack of data, and I think there's just a, an assumption that cannabis is going to sell itself and that, oh, I'll just, I'll just open up and it'll happen when the reality is – these the the consumer is getting sharper, more and more intelligent, and they're more and more fickle, and they're loyal to certain certain standpoints. But but they move, and and nobody knows that more than we do in Colorado in a mature market that's gone from medicinal to recreational, and the ebb and flows with that, and the price wars, frankly, that that are engaged in constantly uh, now, which is just an indication of a, a more mature market. But the fact that I mean, uh, in some respects, because you're not having to reach out and say, look. I am a cannabis dispensary, right? I, you, you know, look at me, look at me. This is where you buy cannabis. That, in respect, you don't have to fight that battle. People are recognizing that, but also it's wide open, meaning you could truly create an original, iconic brand that can actually be purchased at a later date. But, but speak to the fact that it's wide open, but also it, you have to speak directly to that client, directly to that customer. Absolutely, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's been one of the hardest things I have noticed in the industry, being that you know people come from other industries, they're not so familiar with it. They might not be um, accustomed to trying to market and build a brand with the end user in mind. Um, one of the biggest things that I try to instill in any of the clients is, okay, I want you to like the logo, the brand package that we come up with, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing that – I want anybody to take away from this is that it's not important that you love it. It's important that your target market loves it. Yep. You know, um, it's all about getting the right eyeballs on it. And you, you as the client, you know, as my client may or may not be the target market, you know, I mean, you need, I would ask you, you know, are you going to shop at your own store? Yes or no. If you mm -hmm. say no, you don't have to love the logo. I yep. want the people that are going to say, yes, I want to shop at, at a dispensary to be like, that logo, that brand speaks to me. I want to do business with them. It doesn't need to be your favorite. It doesn't even have to be your favorite color. Um, but what it does have to do is it has to speak to the people that are coming into the store, that are making the purchase, that are interacting with you, that ultimately you are supplying a service or in this case possibly a medicine to to help them with whatever problem that they have. That is what you're trying to do is you're trying to solve their problem and having an approachable brand will make it so that they want to come in to speak to you about their problem. That's such wonderful points. And, and I know we, we have the luxury and, and um, just such a great opportunity to meet with people who are usually savvy in other businesses. They've had success in other industries. We also work with entrepreneurs they are first-time business owners and that's what i love to do and and uh, that's not necessarily where the money's at and and where and it's more uh you, you you find yourself kind of just trying to drag them along and say look trust us this is this is what we know and and um but most of the time you're going to have people that are going to they're going to honor the fact that they aren't their own customer and that they need to to speak to an expert about that and we hope the 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 smaller business owners and the people will take what you just said to heart and understand that there is a process with this so to that point aj kind of walk us through your approach to deciding how to brand a dispensary in say a brand new state let's take arkansas for example okay uh, one of the things interesting about arkansas is the is the draconian type of laws 
that are associated with possession, meaning you have a whole psychological approach, meaning that people are, are generally nervous because in the southern states, um, Arkansas specifically, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You, you just a couple of years ago, you were you were looking at prison time. So um, that is a whole other element that I think can't be overlooked. But let's just say we're going into the state of Arkansas. Speak to how you would approach that. Well, the first thing that I would want to do is some kind of uh, opportunity assessment where we're able to look at the area that the new brand wants to open up in. I want to know what kind of businesses are around there. Are there a lot of mom and pops? Are there a lot of big businesses? Um, that'll kind of help set the tone as to what kind of businesses are successful there, where the people in the area are shopping. Um, you know, then you know, I want to kind of do a full immersion thing. I, I want to find out what kind of music is popular in that area. What kind of uh, radio stations are there? I'll do my best to tune in to see what the what the brand voice that's being used in that area already is so I know how I need to structure everything moving forward. Um, you know, if it's going to be more mom and pop, is that really the the motif that they want to go with? Then I'll try to, to brand something a little bit warmer and, you know, different warmer colors and uh, much more home, home style feeling as opposed to something a lot more corporate and cleaner, for example, um, you know, that's kind of the direction I would take. And then I would also take a look at, uh, try and take a look at the different publications that are available in the area. What kind of um, marketing options are there? Um, and then see if I can find online versions of those and see what kind of ads are already out there. Um, if it's, you know, I'm not familiar with the Arkansas area myself, but if it's mostly, you know, I don't know, people on tractors, you know, more of a homegrown kind of feel, then I would try and push the client to something a bit more rural and a bit more, um, down to earth, then, you know, I'm not going to try and pitch them, you know, Voss water, for example. Um, they're one of my favorite brands just because of how, um, how high on a pedestal they put themselves or people put them, you know, for water. That's, those are great points. And I think what you alluded to there, which is where the value is, is in the market research and understanding. And I've, and I've seen this before with another client in Pennsylvania where you say, listen, here, I was in a trade show recently. I respect the fact that you've got this plant, you've got this um, type of logo. But FYI, here are 12 examples in one trade show on one aisle that look exactly like your brand. And people don't always listen to you, AJ, but they they at least can appreciate the market research, and I think I think that's valuable in itself. If someone's going to give you a pitch book or help you with financials or give you the information, whether it's a real estate deal or however it's working out um, in the cannabis space, and, and you're talking about setbacks and just a million different things, but here we are drilling down exactly on the logo, and and they came back and and responded to you with uh, thanks but no thanks, and you kind of take that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so we got one last question here. We're going to wrap up. Um, I appreciate everyone's questions here, and, and we can we can continue to answer these offline. But let me pick one here. Um, biggest challenge I hire millennials. No, we'll pass that one up. Um, what is it like transitioning from one industry into another? And also, what did you do before you got into weed? Oh man. Um, it's very it's very interesting. Let's just say I've been on the social fringe for a while. Mm -hmm. um, before this, I actually um, was doing um, gentlemen's club advertising. So yeah, I'm very familiar <laughs> with uh, working outside social norms and trying to get people to admit that they like something that they don't want to admit to. Great. What is your single greatest hope for our industry? I would love to see legalization across the country. I've seen what the cannabis plant can do medicinally, and I think it's amazing. And I really do think that it um, has untapped potential. What challenges do you anticipate that what uh, with the future uh, of, of the industry? I think the biggest challenges are going to be um, fighting this uh, reefer madness mentality that is still. I don't want to say prevalent as 68% of, you know, Americans believe it should be legalized in some form or another, but it's still there. And I think getting past that is going to be the big one. Excellent. Are you available, AJ, to speak to people about branding? And do you offer any kind of make a five, 10 minute, 20 minute consultation? Are you open to that? Or should people just engage strain wise consulting directly as a part of the package? Or are you open to kind of mentoring and helping people? 
Well, I don't really do a lot of mentoring. As, I mean, as you can imagine, I'm pretty busy. But um, if, if we were to set something up through Stringwise Consulting, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions anybody might have. Outstanding. If you guys have any of those, you can pass them through through my email. We'll make sure that AJ gets them and we'll, um, you know, there's a free consultation. We'll offer that for sure. Uh, but make sure we're, we're mindful and respectful of AJ's time. Um, if you're here in Colorado, please pick up a Westward and, and look at some of his work. If you're out on the West Coast, we're in several magazines out there, East Coast as well, in Puerto Rico. Uh, you'll see some of AJ's work. It's exceptional. Um, <clears throat> You're welcome to um, use those as real-life case case studies and examples. Well, listen, guys, it has been a pleasure sitting here with you, AJ, and I and I hope that for listeners out there, this was an educational experience. We're going to wrap this up. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing your knowledge with us, AJ. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. So join us next week for Blunt Business Radio. We'll be back on same time. And I want to thank you all, and I hope this was an illuminating experience for you. Have an outstanding rest of your week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.